everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the all-new podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, shares her view of pop culture, small-town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom tunes into the revival of the CBS sitcom Murphy Brown. Let's bring her in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. Johnny, you know, saying that being a critic seems like you're never going to like anything. Well, uh, I'm very proud to be a critic, and that's not what it means at all to me. Well, then what does the word critical mean? Well, words can have different senses. I understand that if you're critical of something, it's perceived as being negative, but I view my role as a critic is to stimulate conversation and to deepen and broaden people's perspective of the art that we're looking at. Sometimes that involves saying that I think something stinks and here's why, but often it doesn't. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you tend to put a p- positive spin where you can. Well, I want to enrich well, people's experience. I mean, what ex- you honestly feel. Yes, I'm always honest, and I think that's very important, but I want to enrich people's experience. So even if I have some unflattering things to say, I want you to get something out of it. And you know, right. I always want to hear, like, I'm not one of those ivory tower critics. I don't really think those can afford to exist anymore, but who's like, here's my opinion. This is the way things should be. I'm more that's like, how I think. Yeah. Well, that's sort of, you know, that's kind of a 20th century newspaper version of a critic, the voice from on high. But I don't think that works in 2018. So this so is I the kind of critic I want my whole be. attitude. Yeah. Yeah. You should. Critic is not a bad word. All right. All right. Anyway, that word is a little fraught, isn't it? Well, it is. You know, maybe reviewer or whatever, but I, mm. I guess critic. Maybe critic is outdated. Reviewer. It's so tepid. All right. Ugh. Reviewer. But- Blah. <laughs> well, haven't we settled that? Now you go ahead and talk. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to bounce it right back to you. Uh, You know, at the top of the show, we get uh, updates on what's happening with you, sometimes what's happening with me. I understand you have a question. Something has been vexing you at the supermarket of all places. Well, and this is talk about being, uh, you know, an ancient problem. But this (laughs) occurred. And, you know, just when I went to the supermarket last week, I had enough items more or less to get in the 12 aisle, twelve item or less, mm-hmm. uh, which I try to do even if I have 20 items in my <laughs> bag. But, um, yes, I'm one of those. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not the type of person that is rooting around for the two cents so that I don't have to take all that change. You know, I'm pretty – I try to be as quick as mm, I can. You used to be. Well, maybe that's because I was poor. <laughs> All right. So I go into wait market a minute, basket. Wait a minute. Poor people <laughs> hate change more than other people? It's the same well, amount of money. Know, listen listen okay. to me. Okay. When I'm I listening. went to the farmer when I went to the farmer's market this summer, um, the farm stand, and I uh you know, I always take a look in the penny thing, and there were quarters and dimes and more quarters and a couple pennies. And Oh, you're talking about the give a penny, take a penny, like, dish? Is that what you're yes. talking about? Okay. Got yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just full of silver, which just, what? And I said to the girl, boy, people really hate change, don't they? And she said, oh, yeah, we, we millennials hate change because we use a card for everything. Hmm. 
So now you people have even turned against change. <laughs> Well, I have to object to the epithet "you people," but fair enough. Yeah, change. You got to. You, you get. You got to find a place to put it. You do, but you know, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, what do we do with our change? Isn't that fun? We put all our change in a jar, and then somebody at Christmas time tries to guess how much money is in the jar, and who's ever closest. Well, it's a milk bottle, and whoever is the closest gets all the money in the in the milk bottle. Isn't that fun? That is fun, although, uh, you know, I'm glad you corrected the detail that it's a milk bottle, not a jar. Although I think you disappointed a whole legion of jar enthusiasts out there. But I'll tell you uh, what, the milk bottle crowd is with you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Have a vintage milk bottle. And I even took the pennies out this year. They're, they're in their own milk bottle. Oh, wow. Yeah. The game acquires new dimension. Uh, nobody wants the pennies. I just take them to the bank. And the last time I took them, there was all of $6 in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you go straight to the Land Rover dealership? <laughs> Got leather seats. And I said to the girl, oh, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with $6.26? And she said, well, there's a new thrift store in town. Well, that seems like a very I, reasonable answer to your question. I know. I was just sort of being snotty because I brought in this huge jar of pennies and it was like nothing. Huh, yeah, that's a shame. Plus, they even gave you one penny back, it sounds like, if it was... Yeah. Uh, what was it? 826? 626? 626, yeah. That's the worst. I hate getting the penny back. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like, well... Now I just got a well, new you know, pile right away that I'm starting. That's true. But to me, a penny has fond memories of, uh, you know, I come from an era where there was penny candy. So, yeah. you know, that could have been a Mary Jane or a marshmallow banana. Ugh, Mary Jane. Blah. <laughs> Never has something with so enticing a name been so disappointing once you find out what oh, it actually is. Really? Really? <laughs> You don't like them? I don't like them, but oh. I will say, when I used to go visit Graham uh, when I was a little boy, I did like yeah, them. Yeah, that was her candy, one of her candies. Yeah. Yeah, I could go down Penny Penny Candy Lane with you, and you would probably hate about half of everything that I liked. Probably so. But I, yeah. I guess I should allow you to return to, we haven't even gotten to your yes. question, right? As far as supermarket? Okay, proceed. Okay. So, I'm in the in the fast lane. And I forget that the woman that runs it has nothing better to do with her day but detain you for as long as she can. And she moves like she is moving through hardening molasses, mm -hmm. hardening molasses. Yep. She is so slow. And she'll comment. I mean, she's like the Walmart lady from Saturday Night Live. She'll comment like, oh, this looks good. Oh, have you had these before? Just check me out, lady, will you? I do not need a new friend and I am trying to get out of here in record time. So anyway, there's an older man in front of me mm -hmm. and he's moved. He's been moving very slowly and he only has um, a bunch of roses, you know, like a supermarket bouquet of roses and a pumpkin and because she's chatting everybody up he ends up telling the clerk that uh, i didn't hear this part but a friend or somebody lost their job so he was in the supermarket buying roses and a 
pumpkin mm. to try to cheer her up, which I thought was very, very sweet mm-hmm. until he decided he needed to write a checkout for $16. Uh-oh. A check? Really? Four minutes. Four minutes to write out a check. Why? Did they have to get the manager over to take a look at it or what? It took him that long to write the check. To write it? Yes. I timed him because I thought, oh, isn't that a sweet story? And in 30 seconds, I was in a blind rage. Yeah, wow. I didn't even think that happened anymore. Neither did I. But, you know, he didn't trust her enough. He knows her. She says, oh, hi, Sam. You know, who are these for? These are pretty. He, they know each other. And, and yet he doesn't trust her enough to let the machine write the check. You know, the machine can do that, the cash register. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so they have a, a machine that automates the writing of the check based on your total, and he wouldn't even use this? First of all, I've right. never heard of this machine. Well, it's a cash register. Oh, that prints your check for you? Come on. It does. It, it writes the check for you, and then they show it to you. They turn it around and show it to you, and you nod your head yes, and then that you're all done. Well, you're acting like I, this is uh, this is a standard cash register function, but I'm fascinated that they have this. Well, you probably just always use your card, you millennial, yeah, that's, you. <laughs> that's right. So is there a question, or you just uh, want to... Yes, sp- my question is, you know, at what point do you think, okay, that's enough time to write a check in the quick checkout lane? Yeah, <clears throat> there's a lot going on here that that hinges on the fact that it's the express lane, first of all. A little chit-chat on checkout is fine, although I want to come back to that in a second because now I have something to ask you about. But I think a little chit-chat is fine, except it should be really quick chit-chat in the express lane. You have to tailor your social interactions to the particular lane of the checkout, right? Exactly. So Chatty Cathy should not be on the express checkout. Yeah, I do feel like there is some social obligation. If there's a machine that will write the check for you, and presumably you can look it over and make sure everything's in order. Right. you right. got to use that. Do you think he just enjoyed the company and he was trying to make it take as long as possible? No, 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 no. No, you know, he was an older fella. He was an older guy. And he was just like, eh, I'm not going to trust my check to that machine. Is that yeah, what he said? Is that like how he that. said it? Yeah. Good. No, he didn't. She didn't offer and he didn't. He just pulled out his checkbook and... Maybe he didn't know about this magical device then. He might not, but then write your checkout for most of it in the car if you know that it takes you, you know, glacial speed to write a check. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you know, it was just... it, it it was just like, oh, I, I just went from like, oh, that's pretty sweet. Well, that's nice. Oh, what yes. the hell is he doing? That's oh, what... he's still writing his check. Oh, my God. Yes, that's I'm my favorite my favorite part of the story because I can definitely sympathize with the uh, with the turn when then someone is, is ticking your time up. Yep. I love your yep. the emotional arc of that story. Yes. Well, I didn't because then I was in a pissed off mood for the you know, for the next 20 minutes. Hmm. Well, it seems like that's your own fault. Well, I, you know, I'm always making sure there's no revenge before I give it up completely, so. And there was no revenge here. Yeah. What form could the revenge possibly take for someone taking a, a bit of a long time writing a check? Well, I was considering my options. There were none. How long should it take to write a check, in your opinion? 
30 seconds. 30 seconds. Hmm. You think you could do it in under 30 seconds? Yes. There's a lot of I letters could. in 16. Think about it. Got to write it out. It takes two seconds to write your name because you've done that a million times. I never put the date in because I don't know what date it is. I just put the month and the year. Let them figure the rest of that out. And then it's just the money amount and the written money amount. <laughs> you're, you're, wow. You never use the memo? For what? The supermarket? <laughs> I know I didn't buy alcohol there. I know I, you know, I, I no. Memo, no. I love to use the memo space. Why? For my personal record keeping, because you know when I get those canceled checks back in my uh, on my statement, I look them over very carefully. Do you? Well, that's the difference between you no, and me. Because mine are all mine are all unopened down in the on, in my desk. I don't even open the statements. Well, they just send me pictures of the checks on the on the e internet. How many people yeah. do I pay by check anymore? Not that many. Yeah, well, I pay everyone by check because I don't want them to have my credit card number. You know, Comcast is probably sitting there thinking, what the hell is taking this lady so long writing this check? They probably feel like you did in the supermarket line. <laughs> They're probably saying, when is Mrs. Tady's check coming in? Her and, and uh, Matilda <laughs> Guttersnipe are the only two people that pay by check anymore. <laughs> Probably. You know that's not true. <laughs> I do know. I do know. Uh, um, so I, I understand you also have a question about Facebook. I do. And this is a this is another awkward one for me. Uh-oh. But, you know, yeah. As you get more and more friends from high school, friends from high school that you're, that you're friends with, mm. you know, it's kind of fun because you remember them when they were whatever age, or you, maybe you weren't even particularly good friends, but you know, your memories are sort of the same and it, it seemed like a, a, a fun idea. And I acquired a few, some of them were people that I really was friends with mm-hmm. most of them, mm-hmm. but I recently acquired a friend on Facebook that it was nice to chit-chat with again a little bit until she put a post up about some things that that I didn't read very carefully, and so I ignored them mostly. And then she put up a post about, um, I thought Kavanaugh handled himself very oh well and the way the questions were you know, asked and they were very accusatory. And I thought, oh, my God. God, are you kidding me? And I'm not trying to alienate anybody in the audience, but um, so let me just say in general, uh, you know, I'm just not sure I want to be friends with this person. Mm-hmm. Someone who was on the on the bubble already. Well, yeah, but she knows friends that I'm not friends with so that I get a little information, uh, you know, that way. And yep. But her political views are are just, um, I mean, I'm shocked. We all grew up in the same little town, not unlike the town I live in now, um, where you just sort of feel like everybody thinks the same way you do, which which I know they don't. I mean, I understand yeah, that. No, I get it. But, but I, you have a shared <laughs> experience. And it right. is shocking to have that shared experience lead to such different uh, views of the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So I don't know. Do I just unfriend her? And I, I'm not sure what to do. I don't want to fight her. You know, I don't want to get political. Oh no, no. That's a waste of time. Uh, waste of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just not going to get into it. But wh- I'm not sure how to handle this. Well, it's a question a lot of people have dealt with, I think, Mom. Um, and even if it's not on Facebook, it's a question of how much do I want this person in my life? Because it, yeah. it's unfortunate that you have to look at that. It would be nice if there were like a button you could click and and just say anything that's part of the culture wars or um, it's you know, red versus blue, just don't put it on my feed, right? But Facebook loves mm. to put that stuff on your feed because it gets people oh, arguing yeah. and, and using Facebook more, right? So, and, and, you know, and on the other hand, I have a friend that is like a work acquaintance friend. And she is very, I don't, I guess I'll just say this, but, I, you know, I'm really not trying to alienate people, but she's very anti-Trump. And mm-hmm. so I sort of enjoy reading what she has to say. Yeah. I, I rarely comment because, again, I just, that's not, I just don't want to put my stuff out, although I'm doing it here, but I just don't want to put it out there. I get and it. She has, okay. And she has two friends. They happen to be men who always come back at her and say, well, it's better than having Hillary, or recently she put up this stuff about Kavanaugh and whatever, and one of them said, you know, she's a she's a lying whore and blah, 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 Good you know, God. in that vein. Yeah. Yeah. And she came back and said, look, I've only ever told two people in my life, but I was molested when I was a teenager, and I believe her and whatever. And I think that they both were shocked and they both come at her like that. Yeah. And, you know, oh, but they said it's all in fun. It's all in fun. And when she said that, one of them came back, Johnny, and said, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know that I was a virgin when I got married and I'm very proud of that. And I thought, oh, I would just, I would just love to go on and say, well, you, you big loser, you. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and you, you know, (laughs) do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, and you didn't say that because it's not in your nature to judge people like that. But you see. I mean, you judge people, but not for stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but you see how it brings out the worst in us, right? I mean, we've all experienced yeah. this. I mean, there are moments where I watch, you know, I watched a lot of the Kavanaugh um, and Ford hearings. Uh-huh. And there were times where I was so fed up and frustrated that I felt violent. Yeah. Because it is so angering. And it's so angering yeah. for for both sides i guess what strikes me about what you're saying mom is that without facebook you wouldn't have interacted with these people most of them right right yeah except maybe at the occasional reunion or what have you but most likely you wouldn't have heard from these people again and that's supposed to be the great thing about it and yet facebook because of the way it's wired and uh because of these feedback loops in our discourse right now 
it gives you everything, including the worst stuff. In, not, right. not just including, featuring, starring See, the exactly, worst stuff. Exactly, yes. And these are people I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, you're not getting a whole picture of people. And I, I don't I, I, I don't have the answer because it's hard to say, well, just look past it and uh, and see the rest of the person. I think we need to do that. But the disagreements have become so vivid and and seem to be just down to basic. How do we want to run our society questions that it's hard, so much yeah. harder than it used to be. And this really dovetails with our Murphy Brown discussion. It's yeah, so much harder than it used definitely. to be to just put politics aside, isn't it? Because yes. it feels like politics feels like an inadequate word for the different realities we have right now and the different yeah. values we've somehow ended up with. And I guess that's where I'm stuck is that your values, this this woman, mm -hmm. your values are, are so cockeyed to me and yet. You know, she doesn't owe me anything, nor I her. Yeah. Um, it was just a friendly interaction. But I think in the long run, you have to decide what you want to let into your circle, maybe. Yeah. And look, she's putting it out there. You know, she chose to make that yeah. post because people view it as a forum to advance these arguments. But to me it's a lesson in the broken structure of Facebook and how it's it's poisoning our views of each other of each other and yet is it or is it that these people are toxic and maybe they shouldn't be allowed in your circle <laughs> see that i just i just don't know neither do i i don't know how to Neither do I. I don't know where the line... It's hard to tell where the line ends and begins with anyone, you know? And I question, like, there's such ugliness right now and such betrayal of the values that, since grade school, I thought were fundamental to this mm. country, to the idea of this country, that it's hard to tell what is just some people's base nature coming out because they feel they have mm. permission now to hold these views and how much right. of it is a product of the distorted information feed they're getting from cable news, from uh, Facebook, from Twitter. I think that's a huge part of it, too. Yeah, that is true. But people still have responsibility for themselves, right? For their for their views. I mean, just because yeah. the media and the Internet is messed up doesn't doesn't excuse people. I don't know. I wish I had the answer, Mom, because it's a great question and one I've struggled with and one I think a lot of people struggle with at this moment in our culture. Yeah. And and let's face it, even, even you, and, you know, I've been away from high school for, what, 40 years or mm -hmm. something like that? Mm -hmm. 46 years? Of course, we're not all going to still be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, uh, maybe I'll end with this moment. It, it doesn't have anything to do with politics, but you remember one of my uh, best friends from high school. Let's call him Ned. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ned and I were, like I said, friends throughout high school and even into college since we both went to college yeah. in New Hampshire. Uh, friends for a long time, very close friends. Uh, then after college, we lost touch somewhat. And a right. few years Later, I reached out to him by email, and we exchanged a couple emails, talked about how we were doing, and 
you know, in the second email I got back, it veered off into contrail stuff, you know, airplane contrails yeah. in the sky yeah. and conspiracy theory stuff. And I was so heartbroken because I could tell that this crazy town business had become a big big part of his worldview i mean if it's in the yeah. second email that he's you know getting deep into this business you know it didn't we didn't have a very long getting to re-know you stretch before that came to the right. fore and i just right. felt like here's a person with whom i have this cache of shared memories and we're the only two people yeah. who have access to these memories and i don't feel like i can relate to him because he just sees the world so differently Right. He sees the world spiraling. And so we lost touch maybe yeah. for good after that. Yeah. Well, I mean, where you still had hope and have hope, he yes. just closed the door and said no. My thing always is, what's the use in predicting the end of the world? Because if you're right, nobody will care because the world will That's be over. Right. So you might as well try to not make that happen. Try That's to forestall right. the end of the world. Enjoy the surprise. <laughs> That's right. Don't ruin the surprise <laughs> of the apocalypse. No spoilers, please. That's right. Well, I'm sorry. That was all a bit no. heavy. But no, that's okay. an important that's an important question for um, how we like and love our fellow uh, human being right now. Uh, yeah. And Facebook likes to present itself as a uniter. But I think in the past few years, we've realized, well, that's that's not how it's hooked up, actually. Uh, that's not right. how it's wired. Right. Like I said, we have a very relevant review today. Uh, it's Murphy Brown. Shall we get into it, Mom? Let's do it. All right, let me set it up. What Mary Tyler Moore was to the 1970s, Murphy Brown was to the 1990s. Both of them fictional TV newscasters who defined a mold for professional women in their respective eras. The original Murphy Brown series confronted national issues like women's rights and corporate control of media, but let's not forget that it was, at the same time, a very funny workplace comedy. Characters like correspondent Corky Sherwood Forrest and producer Miles Silverberg, and above all Murphy herself, embodied the neuroses of the TV business for 10 seasons. Murphy Brown has now returned for the fall 2018 season on its original home, CBS. Here's a clip of the revival. Miles, look, look, we have a visitor. Is this for real? Are you kidding me? The president is tweeting at us? Old Murphy doesn't know what she's talking about. Turbine's bad, kills all your birds. I'm against wind. Congratulations, Murphy gave you a nickname. Who is he calling old? I'm younger than he is. OMG, he's trolling her. Feed that troll, Murphy, feed him. Are you crazy? Keep it together, Murphy. Oh, and by the way, if I had your hair, I'd be against wind too. <laughs> Murphy Brown airs Thursdays at 9.30 p.m., 8.30 Central on CBS. You can also watch it on the CBS All Access app. Mom, did Murphy impress you in her return? Well, let's decide that at the end. Oh, intriguing. Okay, but I thought maybe, thought maybe we'd have to talk this one out a little bit. Well, and we do have to talk it out a little bit. And I'm going to start by asking you, I mean, not... Either you've seen the show or you haven't seen the show. I love Murphy Brown. I mm -hmm. think she's funny. I felt a lot of relief that she was saying things that supported 
my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the I watched it twice because I thought something something is wrong here. Something is wrong here. And this is what I think is wrong, but you tell me if you disagree with me. I took comfort in hearing her, you know, do her tweet thing with the president. And when it was all over, I felt like, well, that isn't any more right than the other side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if we're just going to talk about the show, then we could just talk about the show. But for me, I, you know, I felt like, oh, that was a relief. And thank God somebody is saying stuff about the other side. But it doesn't really matter. And it didn't really change anything. And this is a a, a subject that is very hurtful. And I don't know if it's, if it's, does it matter that, that here's the other side in well, being in a well done comedy. Okay, so let me recap for people who haven't seen it. You're talking about, so the premise of this um, is that Murphy, in her comeback, she used to be a network newscaster on sort of a like 60 Minutes 2020 type show. Um, And now she's on cable news in this revival on this show, Murphy in the Morning. And in the first episode, we see her get into this live on air um, tweet slash shouting match with Trump himself. And you're saying that you got some gratification out of seeing Murphy land some blows on him, but then felt, well, what to me, it sounds like you're saying that gratification ultimately felt empty. um, And it's just more of this red versus blue dynamic that's not getting us anywhere. Is that what you're what you're getting at? That is that is much better said than how I said it. Not at all. Not at all. You know. It had everything, you know, her son comes back into town and he's working for the Wolf Network and they're up against each other uh, in the time slots and... Right. So her, in a a cute little casting move, Avery Brown, her son uh, from the original series, who obviously was just a child when we last saw him, is now a newscaster like his mother and has uh, somehow, through a bizarre error of programming, ended up with a show versus his mom in the mornings on this stand-in for the Fox network. Doesn't the episode... Now, I should tell people also that we... We watched the first episode, and by the time you hear this, because we tape a day or two in advance, uh, there will have been another episode of Murphy Brown, and I'm eager to, to see that. But doesn't mm-hmm. didn't this first episode acknowledge just what you're saying, Mom? Because the last scene, we see Murphy thinking about, you know, ruminating over her outburst and feeling really guilty about it and saying that she had just become part of the problem herself. Right. And yet we also see her relishing her victory in the ratings over her son. Right. I I thought it was a pretty thoughtful, actually, um, evocation of the conflict of the actual people in the media who have been brought up through their whole careers to want the ratings and to want, you know, to desire that success. And yet the way to get it or one way to get it at the moment is to, like she does, shout and rant and tweet She's conflicted. It's like that with every ugly thing that happens in society, though. You know, hmm. 
when when they had the marathon bombing in Boston, you know, awards were won for that because their coverage yeah. was so yeah. extensive. I mean, too bad that we all got we all got toxic from it. You know, we were all sick. Mm. We were all depressed. We who were these people? Were scared? Were you know? But hey, the network won yeah. an award for it's just it's just it's despicable. Yeah. And yet you feel like you're indulging in it when you feel like, oh, yeah, that's right, Murphy. Tell it like it is. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. And that's that's the real conflict. You know, I thought uh, I thought the writing was better than I expected. Mm -hmm. I loved Hillary Clinton's cameo. <laughs> I thought that was very funny yes. and sharp. Very cute. You know, kudos to her for poking a little fun at herself like that. Yeah. And she gets it. it you know, she's not like that dumbass president <laughs> who wouldn't even get it. Um, oh, boy, I hope we're not losing people by the... Well, Ma, I think dozen. people know how we feel by now. It's not the first time he's come up. Okay. Um, you know, she's she's a sharp cookie, and and uh, that's all. You know, I, I, I like her. I loved Miles. I loved that he's still neurotic and, and a big mess, and... Um, but here's a question I have for you, mm -hmm. and this is something that um, I hear commented. I'm not going to say anything other than that, but, okay. oh, she's had some work, or, uh, yeah. wow, she's really aged. And what I want to know is, you know, do you forgive these people for, <laughs> for getting older? Do I? Well, yes. I mean, you know, do we... Are we happy that they look a little, not happy, but, you know, do we accept, hey, they look a little doughy, hey, those teeth don't look real natural, and, <laughs> you know, this was, <laughs> do we forgive them for aging, or, you know, say that a better way? Yeah, I understand what you're saying, in in that... Um... It takes a little while to get used to the fact that they do look different, and we haven't seen them in a while, and yet they're acting right. the same way, and I think not quite as sharply written uh, the same way as they right. did in the old series, right? Like, they're, right. this is the first episode. They're not really back in the groove yet, and there's so much setup that has to be done with people saying, well, here's what I've been up to. And, uh, right. That yes. It, it creates a little bit of distance from the characters because they haven't yeah you when you see someone having aged you expect them to have developed but that richness is not in the writing yet it was pretty superficial yeah. and very sort of catching you up and like i said here's what people have been up to so i think that when you see that aging you want some personal growth to have happened with that as well and i think what that feeling you're talking about is the gap between those two things is they're acting yeah. the same way they did 20 years ago but they're so much older now and it feels a little bit like they're putting on a costume and all the jokes about um, technology. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was tired. Well, I felt like a lot of it was tired, and I was left hopeful because there were some snappy bits, and Candace Bergen is just yeah. a pleasure to watch. Yeah. You know, she could read the phone book, and she would make hay of it. She's she's just wonderful. I also have a soft spot for Miles. Corky Me and Frank are, are fine. But yeah, I love I love uh, Murphy and Miles, and I think that there could be something here. That having been said, 
every Trump joke has been made by now. And Murphy really doesn't have anything to add there. I mean, I think that the Twitter, the scene, the climactic scene at the end when she's arguing with these real time tweets of Donald Trump. Yeah, that was funny because of Candace Bergen. And that that's it. You know, her her performance, her energy, her verve. Um, I'm hopeful that the writing is going to acquire a little bit of refinement now that they've planted their flag. Yeah, right. And, and you know, that was good because they answered a lot of questions that we wanted answered, I think. Yeah, that they had to answer. That they had to. And, and so now they've done that. So let's see some of that snappy writing. Yeah. So I have high hopes. No, I don't have high hopes. I have hopes. I was just going to say. I have I have hopes. I was actually thinking about the original Murphy Brown and how it went on so long. I don't know if you, if you remember, but Miles left uh, after season eight. Um, yeah. After which the show had already was beginning to show its age, I guess I'll say. Yeah. And then yeah. Lily Tomlin came in as the executive producer character for the last two seasons, and it had a different feel. Well, I think it's not unlike what we were talking about, even with Jeopardy, is that, you know, these are the people that we've invited into our home to to uh, look at us while we're, you know, slouched on the couch and burping after dinner, you know, and we, right. we know who they are and we welcome them in. But when they when they change up the players, it's a little it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yet I watched I remember watching all the way through the end because I just wanted to see what happened with these people. And there the laughs were more sporadic and it didn't feel quite the same. But I was involved enough that I wanted to see what happened with these people. And there's a few shows that I think everybody can say are like that, that they know it wasn't quite as good toward the end, but they had to see it through because... Right. They had some affection right. for the people and stories they'd seen. And I kind of felt the same way watching this mom. You know, a lot of it was exposition and a lot of it was Trump stuff that I've heard way too many times over the past couple of years and just yeah. am sick of. But I was happy to see what happened to these people, as silly as that may sound. Yep. No, I agree with you. I really do. And boy, if if they can get back some of that snap... I really hope they do. Then it's then it's going to have a good little run, and I imagine it will be a short run. But I, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it might be. The uh, ratings were characterized as uh, mediocre in the trades the next mm. day. So, oh, uh, is that right? Yeah, you know, they CBS has ordered thirteen episodes. I think they were hoping to capture some of that Roseanne magic, but the demographics of the country don't quite line up with that strategy right now. I don't think. Yeah, and uh, we saw what Roseanne did with her magic, so. Well, yeah, I mean, so uh, hopefully we're not going to get a similar outburst from Candace Bergen. I suspect we won't. I think she's going to be able to I, I think she's clear. a classier kind of <laughs> You think so? Person. Yeah, probably. Yeah. She went to Penn, for God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> she's... <laughs> you and your Ivy League. I know. You know me. Can I offer a few just items from my notebook? Please do. I did not find the addition of the social media whiz kid to be a promising development at all. No, and it was so cliche that it was uncomfortable, I thought. That was the most cringeworthy part of the show when all the oldies were saying, can you make my font bigger? And it was was, a little bit of an out-of-touch rendition of social media. I mean, it's so, it was so, 
it's so old that it's old. <laughs> well, I couldn't put it any better than that. Well, you know, let's face it. These people were all in the media. They didn't just go home and, yeah. you know, get their three-foot-long phones and stick with them. These people stayed savvy. That, 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 was, that was unfortunate all around, I think. It wasn't funny, and it was unfortunate. And people like that are, they're going to stay savvy. Hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Dan Rather is big on Facebook. Yeah, and Twitter, isn't he? He's probably on Twitter, too. I only know about his very popular okay. uh, Facebook page, okay. but uh, I'm sure he's on Twitter, too. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if 86-year-old Dan Rather can uh, do it, or, or however old he is, I think he's a bit in his mid-80s, uh, then I feel like Murphy could handle it, too. Yeah, yeah. So I did not like that line of quote-unquote comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Me either. Uh, so what is your grade for the Murphy Brown revival after seeing just one episode? Um, oh, well, I gave it a B. Oh, wow. Pretty generous. Well, some of it is nostalgia, I think, but I'm still sticking with it. Yeah. Okay. That's Murphy Brown. Now, as always, we end with a recommendation from Mom. Mom, what's your recommendation this week? Well, next week I'm going to have a book for you, but this week I'm going to tell you to go out apple picking. Go apple picking. It's romantic. It's fun. And if you need any recipes for apple butter or applesauce, hit me up at whatever my Twitter <laughs> name is. Do you know what it is? It's, it's Moxie N-H. M-O-X-I-E-N-H. That's mom's And Twitter. I will... She, she doesn't know what her handle is, but she knows how to log into it. I do. I look at it every day to see if anybody has anything to say to me. So if you need a recipe for a good apple cake or a good um, applesauce or apple butter, after you go apple picking, it's very romantic. It's fun for the kids. And it's just a... It's a nice tradition. We never did it, but I wish we had. I feel you should have come prepared with one of these recipes, Mom. I'm a little disappointed. Well, Jesus, I came with the idea. Do I have to do everything for these people? Yeah. It's a full-service podcast. <laughs> well, if I can, I can re you know, respond with exactly what they want. If they want anything. I think next week you should share your recipe for apple cake, because that sounds pretty good to me. Will you do that? Uh, I will. Remember when you did your Chex Mix recipe? Yes. That was right at the end of the uh, previous era of the podcast. That's right. But we could do it again, because nobody uh, owns that. Nobody owns that Chex Mix recipe? Uh, that's, uh, that's yeah, right. so that's I get what you're saying. Yeah, nobody owns that. Um, yeah. We could do it again, especially because I think the last, when you did it the first time, uh, you left out something. No. Yeah, something was, someone told me uh, afterward that there was, a, one ingredient was left out, butter or something. Butter, it's all about the butter. Well, anyway, we'll do it again. Okay. I'll have my recipe book right in front of me. Ooh, all right, good. Uh, so next week, mom's apple cake recipe, right, mom? <laughs> Yes, and should they serve it with the 
with the fluff dressing, do you think, or is that too much? Oh, yes. Now they should. Everything should be served with the fluff dressing. Okay. Sweet potatoes, turkey, (laughs) cranberry sauce. With everything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We're so weird. Okay. All right, so the recommendation is apple picking. Go apple picking this week, Mom recommends, because uh, it's good fun and it's good for you. Right, Mom? That's right. That's all for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. What should we talk about, Mom? Hmm. Hmm. How about something interesting? Something interesting sounds good to me, too, Mom. Uh, So tune in for that next week. Uh, Plugs. Mom, do you have anything to plug? I would like people to know that you're writing about football again. Okay. Uh, You're going to plug something of mine. That saves yeah, me the trouble. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you can read my uh, football column every weekend on uh, this uh, fan site called The Avocado. It's the-avocado.org, and it's just sort of an interim home uh, of... These are people who, many of them, were fans of the AV Club, and they started their own community, and... I've always loved writing pe- for these people and making stuff for these people, and they were gracious enough to provide a home for my football column uh, after the season started uh, while I'm waiting for my own uh, website to start up, uh, to be finished being designed and constructed and whatnot. So that's on the-avocado.org. The football column is called Block and Tingle. Oh, no, it's not. It's Flock and Tingle. No, it's not. <laughs> flock, flock and Tingle. Oof, I almost stepped in that one. <laughs> The lawyers were on my front door. Oh, that almost cost you a lot of money. (laughs) And and by the way, if you're watching Better Call Saul as well, uh, check out my series Basement Breakdown on YouTube, where I take you deeper into the show. That's Basement Breakdown on YouTube. And thanks for listening to Pop Mom. If you enjoy the show, consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, We have gotten a few reviews in recent weeks. You guys are so sweet. Thank you so much. Really uh, lovely. I just found the comments. So. Oh, Mom just figured out how to read the comments. Yeah, so she was very excited about that. Uh, we love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. I love you, too.